0: In this episode, we focus on rites of passages to manhood and how we can implement these passages into our lives to open the doors and get us through into that next level. Learn what separates a warrior from the common man and how to implement the warrior spirit into all facets of our lives. Our guest today, Frank Miniter, is a warrior-minded adventure journalist and a New York Times bestselling author of Ultimate Man Survival Guide. Now, this guy's floated the Amazon, and he's run with the Bulls of Pamplona. Along the way, he was top boxing by Floyd Patterson. Basically, this guy has a tremendous track record. These badass adventures that he's been on have elevated his mindset and carried him through to develop that warrior mindset. Minitor was a senior editor at Outdoor Life magazine and was the executive editor of American Hunter magazine. He's also a contributor for Forbes and a field editor for the NRA's American Hunter. He's also been on shows with Tommy Lauren, Raymond DeRoyo and Glenn Beck. Stand by, don't miss this awesome conversation. Welcome to the Man of War podcast where we forge men into warriors and get them battle ready for the game of life. Learn warrior hacks that strengthen your mindset, self-confidence, courage, and personal protection skills. Unlock a life that embodies a warrior spirit for dynamic success in life and in business. If you're joining us for the first time, you're tuning in to the one and only podcast that empowers you to achieve greatness by living the warrior lifestyle. Each show, we interview elite men from around the globe and delve deep into their mindset and daily rituals, uncovering their secrets to success. I'm Rafa Conde, founder and creator of the Man of War movement. Join me on this life-altering journey where we recharge your mind, body, and spirit. Hey guys, just a quick order of business here. First off, I want to stop and express my gratitude to each and every one of you for making this podcast a success. We're nearly doubling our numbers every single week because of you. Without you guys, this podcast would be nothing. I really appreciate it. Let's continue pushing this movement, guys. Stop by manofwar.live and sign up for our new guide. This is new, not the last one that we've had for the last few weeks. A new guide here, Eight Steps to Living the Warrior Lifestyle. All you got to do is click and you'll download it within three, four seconds and you're good to go. Listen, I'm going to continue bringing you awesome content. I have about four or five super special guests here coming up over the next few weeks. It's all about bringing you a badass show each and every week with a badass guest. But more importantly, it's about digging deep into these shows and being able to extract the information, the tactics, the techniques, the mindset, the philosophy that we could implement into our life now, today, to help us be stronger, more courageous Give us more confidence, hell, to build us into fucking warriors. We're not building men here. Don't get confused. We are building warriors. On another note, September 1, 2017, the Warrior Development Program is going live. This is an online training program, and more importantly, it's a membership program. So you could literally be a member and continue receiving lesson after lesson after lesson. Listen up, check it out at warriorbreed.co. Let's get into the show now. Hey, Frank, how are you today? Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on Man of War.
0: <laughs> thanks. Hey, listen, uh, you want to start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm Frank Minniter. I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote The Ultimate Man's Survival Guide, um, that quest for the skills a man should have. And then I, I wrote, This Will Make a Man of You, right? Actually, chased Ernest Hemingway from Paris to Pamplona by asking those big questions about what grows us into men. How do we become men? Um, you can find me at Forbes.com and in lots of other places. Is is I write for a lot, lot of people, um, and I'm out there asking these big questions about how do we build our character, how do we become who we want to become uh, in a society and it's, and unfortunately a day and age which is attacking masculinity too often.
0: Great, you know, for our listeners, your you know your books are very very good, great read and very uh, easy to read. A lot of information in these books. So, Frank, tell us a little bit about how you got into the manhood subject.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I guess it's the the normal kind of road uh, for a guy questioning these 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 sorts of things. When I grew up boxing in, in a gym run by Floyd Patterson, I was very lucky. The former heavyweight champion was in my hometown, uh, and we take any kid in. In fact, it was kind of funny. Uh, he got sick of training uh, little white kids who would leave after the first, they got hit the first time, right? So what he would do is the first day we, we came into that gym, uh, he'd put you in the ring with a professional boxer who would give you a professional beating, you know, no real, no real wounds or bruises. But he'd, he'd hit you a couple times because Floyd wanted to see if you'd come back the second day and if you were worth training. So it was a kind of a manly experience where he wanted us to be that upstanding guy where he actually had a rules uh, of of conduct up on the wall that he demanded we know and be able to tell him what these things were. So we had to live up to this ideal in the ring and out of the ring. So he gave me that big first experience. And then my college I went to was actually a military academy called Norwich University, where I I achieved rank and got to be at that leadership role and go through the boot camp it had and so on. And I didn't realize at the time, but growing through those experiences and then becoming a journalist, uh, it just made me, I was questioning Who am I? What am I? What kind of man should I be? And what actually makes a man? And as a journalist, I mean, there's no better occupation to go and you get to find any expert you can and ask him questions, ask her questions. You know, what what makes us into what we can be? What are we missing? What are we losing in society? So that's what I've done since asking people, running around, writing, trying to find the answers.
0: Excellent. Excellent.
1: And uh, you do write for Forbes? I am a contributor to Forbes, I write a column for Forbes, I write for Fox News and the NRA and lots of places.
0: Awesome, awesome. That's great. So, tell us a little bit of it. Bottom line is, we were just talking before this, uh, we started recording here. And let's get deep into the heart of why you think manhood and uh, the alpha male code is losing ground in modern day.
1: Yeah, and some some blame women for this, and I don't. I think feminism is certainly attacking masculinity. They see it as a threat uh, to themselves, and and okay, but I, I think a man if he has to put down a woman or sees women as a threat in that way, I think he's he's too insecure to be a real man. anyway, you have to be able to overcome that and be that upstanding gentleman. I, I think a guy who is an upstanding gentleman is that that bigger guy. It, it's it's a virtue to to be masculine, to be that gentleman. It's not a bad thing. It's not the toxic masculinity we see colleges talking about today. And, and as I look at this and I look through U.S. history, I see this starting to fade in about the mid-20th century. Um, and it, part of that is that we're just losing these real experiences. You can even look back and say, as we lost, became a less of an agrarian state, as we, as we lost touch with the outdoors to a certain extent, we started to lose this idea as we no longer physically going out, as many, at least as many of us, and challenging ourselves. So many of us now live in these alternate realities and video games and movies and social media where we're not actually physically going out and and testing ourselves in the real ways in the old school rite of passage that grows us into something. For example, a a, a friend or become a friend, uh, a reader recently got in touch with me and he asked, he said, look, you know, you wrote, this will make a man of you. And I love the book, but it was about running with the bulls and this kind of thing. And I I don't want to run with the bulls. And then you, you talk about military experiences and other, and, and I just, I'm just too old for that. I can't do that. And I have this son who's 12 years old, and we're not connecting, and he's becoming this this kid without the virtues I want him to have, but I don't know what to do. So after talking to him for a while, we, we settled on try a canoe trip, which is something he used to do in his youth, this parent. So he takes this kid on this three-day canoe trip where he had to carry his canoe in Portage, lake to lake. And the first day and a half, this kid, he didn't have his social media, he didn't have his phone on him, was very unhappy, was complaining, wanted to go home. You know, the, the whole thing, he just, it was a miserable experience. But about 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 a day and a half into this venture, when they're paddling across another lake, something just broke in this kid, suddenly he just, really started pushing. He knew there was a goal and he wanted to get to that goal. And it, it, it became for him getting to that place with his father. And they were portaging and canoeing and then a smile came on his kid's face. And then before long he broke through something and they were talking in ways they haven't spoken you know, since the kid was much younger. And um, They'd grown together. The kid had overcome something within himself physically by physically taking something on um, and become more of a man. And now he has a great relationship with his father.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a good story. I mean... It's 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 difficult to pinpoint um what we're seeing out there now. I mean we were talking about a shift earlier, and uh, I'm in a hundred percent agreement with you. I mean men do not need to blame women. I mean the bottom line is that you know men are going to be men. They're going to do their things. I mean, however, we talked about a rite of passage. Um, tell me a little bit about that. What have you you know have what have you seen here over the last, especially say fifty years, that. That has really made, a, a, I guess, a point that, hey, we need to go back to the rites of passage.
1: Yeah, they're attacked and derided, even a basic rite of passage for kids, like the Boy Scouts, you know, very old school, earning those badges. That's a physical thing. That's a real thing. It's a mental and a physical thing put together that helps a kid grow, and to potentially become an Eagle Scout someday if he wants to follow the path that far. But you see mainstream society attacking the Boy Scouts on and on, over and over again. Um, driving them out of mainstream as much as they possibly can, including all the other real experiences we have, including the mentors uh, we have. You know, you you look at a high school coach. um, How can they stay and continue to to be the high school coach and be that upstanding guy and and deal with a troubled kid or a kid who just has to learn to push himself uh, to play football or track, whatever it is? If the parents come on and they say, how dare you say that to my child? You can't push my child because the parents often don't understand what's really happening there, what needs to happen there uh, for this individual. So you, you see this prevalence throughout society with scoreless soccer games and this kind of idea that gets mocked a little bit on the right, but it's it's actually, it's real. It's, it's throughout us in society. Um, so we have to find ways, again, to get people to push themselves into something bigger and better than themselves, and it, you know, some people ask me, well, what's a specific example or what can I do, and you have to search and find your own because it depends what appeals to you and what you're into. Um, but if you don't go out there and push yourself into something, up to something, into that greater ideal, um, then you, you're, you're just going to be stuck in time.
0: What do you think about uh, giving fifth place and sixth place
1: trophies? <laughs> you know, if everyone gets that participation <laughs> award, if that's what you're getting at, um, you're, you're right. I mean, I mean it's, it's watering down the idea. I mean, kids still know who won you know, they, they get that whole real experience, you know, and, and you see, you see people actually collapse under these things when they do deal with reality. You know, if there's a car wreck or an accident or something, they don't know what to do. They don't how to change a flat tire, even a, a lot of these kids. I, I remember being in the streets of Pamplona running with the bulls and a, a kid standing next to me. We're talking. It was actually my, my first run. Uh, he's from Chicago. I'm from New York. We're talking about, wow, we're on our first run with the bulls. And at first he's all full of Boasting and all this kind of stuff. But as he got closer and closer, because they locked the streets, you go in at 8 a.m. or 7.30, the Bulls run at 8. Um, they locked the streets at, 8, at 7.30 in the morning. You can't leave. Once you're in that street, you're in the street, you're going to run with the Bulls. Uh, he wanted to get out. He couldn't take it. The loudspeakers are announcing what's going to happen. The crowd's losing it. We know it's going to happen very soon. So he tries to crawl under the fence and get out of there. And this cop literally kicked him in the face, pushed him back in the street. This Spanish cop with his big baton in his hands is slapping in his hands. And he says, You wanted to be <laughs> a man and run with the Bulls? Now you must be a man and run with the bulls. This, this kid was dealing with reality, and he didn't understand what it was. There you so go. he lost it. He crawls under the fence again, and this time the cop, you know, boom, 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 really beats him down the turns to the crowd. Anybody else? Now, when I and I tell that anecdote to people, they, they get upset. and They say, how dare he, the cop, do this to this poor kid? No, that, that that cop was there like a drill sergeant. He was the enforcer of a real rite of passage. You know, he was, he's helping that kid, really. Um, it's unfortunate the kid didn't know what to do. Because because I'd found a mentor for that process um, who showed me how to run with the bulls, what, what's going to happen, what should I do, that that knows that knowledge, that knowledge base, those skills helped me overcome those, that fear in myself. And you know, everyone's going to be afraid when bulls are coming, right? Um, and perform the way I wanted to perform and break through something and grow into something else, which is part of the process of what a rite of passage does.
0: So tell me a little bit of, I want to dig deep a little bit here on that experience that you had running with the bulls. How did I mean, did you just decide to go do it one day and say, hey, you know what, I got to just experiences. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I guess I am a little bit of an adrenaline junkie. I like to climb and I do I do lots of things, um, but that's not really the reason. Uh, the reason was actually Ernest Hemingway. That The guy has driven, driven a lot of Americans to those streets, those mad streets in Pamplona. Um, you know, just reading The Sun Also Rises and his death in the afternoon, I was intrigued by the idea of pushing myself and, and and taking on this new thing. And I thought it was just going to be a bad adrenaline rush. I didn't realize this was going to be sort of a a part of a spiritual journey of following this. And because this is a real Spanish rite of passage, not just running with the bulls. But then afterwards, getting into the ring with the vaquillas, they call them, which are cows with leather on their horns. It happens all over Spain, and it's a normal thing for a young guy to do, to get in the ring with these things. They run around, they toss you to overcome this and to show respect for those animals as you're doing it. If somebody shows disrespect, if they pull the animal's tail or jump on it, which I've seen happen in the arena, the, other, the Spanish will grab him and beat him up, and the crowd will, will cheer to get that guy beaten up, because he showed disrespect for the animal in the ring, which is something a lot of Americans don't really completely understand. We've We've taken this idea of where our meat comes from and stuff so far removed from us in society. We just buy it in cellophane wrapping, that we're often losing touch with the reality again. You know, keeping him back to reality, and reality is what builds a man. If um, we've taken that so far away from us, we don't understand it, and then we condemn something like like running with the bulls in Pamplona. This, this important part of of Spanish growing up and, and becoming that guy, that challenging yourself and respecting what you're running with. You know, if you, for example, you're in the streets of Pamplona, you're with the bulls and you distract the bulls, you do something you shouldn't do in that street, you show disrespect for the bulls and hit one or do something, well, that bull then is going to turn around, he's going to hurt people, he's going to harm people. So by breaking the rules, you're not just harmed yourself and your honor, you've also harmed, maybe even killed other people. So there's a process. And once you start to learn those rules, that's the basis for learning where honor comes from. That's a real basic idea where a code of honor actually grows from.
0: Interesting. Interesting. So you used it as a rite of of passage. You used it as a a way to kind of almost like a spiritual awakening. Am I right on that? Hey, guys, just a quick reminder to pick up your free copy of Eight Steps to Living a Warrior Lifestyle. This is a great little guide here that I developed specifically for you. It is jam packed with some great information here. If you could start implementing these steps into your life today, you're going to be on your way to living a warrior lifestyle manofwarlive forward slash guide. Now let's get back to the show.
1: Yeah. I mean, Gandhi said it very well. He said the weak can never be trusted. You know, this, the strong who can, who can be trusted because the strong have gone out there and been courageous have dealt with these things in life. And so they understand what honor is, whereas the weak will give it up so, so easily and so quickly.
0: So what do you, I mean, and, and, through your research that you've done, I want to know what exactly can we do about it? I mean, what can we do nowadays about getting, you know, going back to setting rites of passage, you know, getting, even from a young man, getting him up to that next level and showing youngsters how to be men. I mean, the bottom line is that I think parent, obviously obviously parenting is very important, but there is a time and a place where, you know, that child becomes 17, 18, 19 years old, and he has an opportunity to make a decision. It's either I go sit down and continue playing video games, or I man up and go forward.
1: Yeah, and and if you're leaving it, this is what our society has done, if you're leaving completely up to him, you know, at, at a certain point then he's lost, that's a pretty hard way to go about becoming a man where... You have to look around, and that's what I did. I mean, you have to look around on your own and find a role model. Um, as I mentioned, Floyd Patterson in the military academy. I went and found role models. That's a pretty hard journey to take with knowing they're going and helping you and showing you that process. What you have to do, I, th- I think, with girls too, what you have to do is give them things to achieve that are, are not going to be easy. It's something they want to achieve. I mean, try to point them to something they actually want to do, um, but something that they're going to have to work hard to, to get that reward and if they work hard for the where they suffer and they put off uh, no long no more instant gratification which is our society right it's instant gratification society you put that off and make them really work hard to achieve this reward then they're going to grow into something then they begin to grow honor then they get courage and fortitude and then they might then be, you know follow a good career and have to suffer a long time through law school or, or med school whatever it is they want to become and do so that they become that thing and they understand what that thing is it wasn't just handed to them they had to reach up and grab it they they had to grow into that that ideal
0: yes i love that i love that i mean you, you, we have youngsters that come in even adults they come in and they want to train the martial arts and you know three months down the road they don't want to put the time in they don't want to put the effort in and they're wondering why other guys or other women that are in the in the school that why are they passing them why are they going and testing well these men uh, don't want to move forward. They sit there. They don't come often. They don't train hard enough. They don't really absorb and live the culture. So they get left behind. And I see the same thing happen with, uh, you know, kids, you know, youngsters in the area ages of 10 to 15 years old. I see them in sports and basketball, football, baseball. You know, they... They have an opportunity to to move forward, to focus on Just like you said, you know, that's how you start develop developing your mindset, your fortitude and everything else after that. Once you achieve something, just like you said, once you achieve something that you've put your blood and sweat and you've been there when the shit hit the fan, all of a sudden you start getting these virtues, start lining up and building. From our point of view, we're building warriors and that is such a... An important um, element and path.
1: And I think a, a caveat to that, which I, I think you, you have to make, is that this is pretty fun stuff. I mean, you get to be that courageous hero. I mean, we're making it sound hard. You have to suffer and so on before you can get this reward. And that's true. But I, I think as you probably found in your dojo, is as you suffer, you start to enjoy the process and learning the katas and, and, and so on, that as, you're, as you're achieving these different belts and levels, it, it becomes something you you really get into and you get addicted to. I, and I boxed, I got into lear- learning how to, how to move in the ring, I had a slip a punch and had to throw the right hand and left hook. it. You, you start to grow in, into those kinds of things. And then you, you start to realize I've become something else. And that's a courageous thing, that's a bigger thing. You're a more confident thing. I mean, who doesn't wanna be that, that upstanding, confident guy who walks into the room who can handle himself, But no, it has the honor and pride and and the gentlemanly conduct to treat women appropriately and treat himself appropriately. He's not picking a fight. He's only stopping a fight. Don't, Don't you want to be that ideal? I mean, that's what's so cool and fun about this.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that's the warrior mindset. I mean, that is the warrior lifestyle. I mean, you're a gentleman at heart. You treat people properly. You give of yourself as much as you can. But when you need to flip that hat and turn on and become ferocious, you know, you'll fight to the end. For your loved ones and for for the you know people out there that can't fight for themselves. I mean that that's the entire virtue, the the whole essence of Bushido. Um, so, tell me a little bit about when you started writing about you know you, you, let's go back to your to one of your books, the um, Ultimate uh, Man Survival Guide. What inspired you and motivated you to start laying pen to paper?
1: Yeah. the the big questions, you know, what should a man know and what should he do in order to build himself? I ended up breaking that book into seven sections. And it it starts with with outdoorsmen, you know, that that going out and and understanding nature as you evolve into something. Uh, Part of it's hero. And I got to spend time with wounded warriors and other heroes who fought for us and why and asking them questions. And I was surprised in how few of them could actually answer that question in a deep way. I mean, they, they they wanted to do it. They were driven to do it. They grew through it. They learned things from it. But a lot of them there's a certain part of our foundation they weren't given by the military or our society to understand why they, they they chose that. And because they don't always have those those deep down understanding of what their virtues are and why they grew them, um, I, I think that's part of the reason why some have PTSD, why some um, have to suffer even more because they, they just they don't understand where that is coming from. And I'm drawing some of that. I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of doing a book with a wounded warrior, a Green Beret, um, Right now, that'll be out th- th- this coming spring. Um, we've spent a lot of time talking about this. and He spent a year in a hospital um, and does a lot with wounded warriors and veterans uh, to help them overcome these injuries. Um, and he explains a lot of that stuff to me. He's in The Ultimate Man Survival Guide. He, he opens that, that hero chapter talking about about him and what he had, what he had to overcome. And he was literally killed on the battlefield and walked back to life. Um, it's, it's seeing that whole thing. And then the end of this, the, that book is the philosopher. Because I think at the end, we all have to think. We all have to understand what these things are to really make them real, to make them whole, to keep them. Otherwise, we're just moving point to point in life. We don't have a basis. If you don't have a real code, how can you have a basis? And you, you can't just have a code. Here's my code. You have to understand what that code actually means. That's what ties it all together. That's what gives you your foundation.
0: Yes, absolutely. I am 100% with you. I mean, ha- having a code, a code that you understand, that you can live by, I mean, discipline sets it, you know, sets it all free, in my opinion, uh, you know, without discipline to really stick to those uh, virtues and to stick to the code. Um, you have nothing. You have no foundation. So tell me a little about the other book that you have, which is uh, This Will Make a Man Out of You. I read that book. I'm, uh, I, I got halfway through it. I just I just bought it a couple uh, weeks ago. And I'm interested in seeing how you, I mean, did that inspire, one book inspire you to move on to the next and so on?
1: Uh, it absolutely did. I, I don't think I totally answered the question. I answered the question, what are, what are the skills should know in the ultimate man's survival guide? And I got to spend time with oh, major league ball players, and, uh, you know, I mentioned Juan Macho running with the bulls and all these kind of experts in all these different fields. But I, I never really answered that overall question of, OK, there's the skills a man should know, the bearings should have, the codes he should have. But what pulls us all together? What creates this? And I found that's that is the rite of passage that's been destroyed in this society. So I started looking around, let me find a right of passage I can go on right now, because I believe in, and I'm a participant journalist, I, I believe in being active about things. Um, so what am I doing right now that I can then draw this from? And I was very intrigued by Ernest Hemingway. And as I looked at The Sun Also Rises, I found out through a, a, an incredible human being, a professor, um, Stoney, Harry Stonebeck, um, who's now the president of Hemingway Society, um, that actually The Sun Also Rises is interesting because it actually follows a pilgrimage. It's a Christian pilgrimage. Uh, the way to St. James, the El Camino de, de Santiago, um, which is the old path from Paris uh, to the Chapel of Santiago in Spain, uh, which is, Christians have, have taken um, for over a thousand years. Um, and why? It's because they're walking that path for two or three months. And, and it, it's again, it's a real experience as they move towards this thing and they evaluate their lives and they think and they overcome something going through those distances to become something. That's why the sun also rises. The characters actually follow that path. If you, if you follow it, um, the, the main character, Jake, in that thing. So he was taking these expats after World War 01 who were lost, called the Lost Generation, and trying to give them the old values again, trying to show them how to grow into what they wanted to become, not just to live these lives of drinking every night and doing all they were doing. He was trying to show them something. He was their guide uh, in that path. Um, so that's where he takes them. He ends up taking them to, to Pamplona, which is a, a stop in the path, and he he, he visits uh, rest on uh, the, the, the border um, there between uh, France and Spain, where there's an important stop on this pilgrimage path um, to, to show again where, where this path is, what the steps are, how do we grow into this ideal. So, that, that whole book is a journey, um, it's a rite of passage. Um, so, that's what drove me on it, that's why I started on it. And then, investigating, because uh, you know, Hemingway is full of the manly kind of virtues. But he's also full of stuff that we, you know, that isn't always so good. But he's also been just mocked and, and, and destroyed and attacked by our society, especially in the latter half of the 20th century. Feminists hate him, you know, and why is that true? And asking all those questions, I found there's so much good in there. There's, there's plenty, and I am honest about where he went wrong, but there's so much good in there. And he could show us how to be that old school guy who actively goes out. I mean, he, he was at home in, in, a, in a Paris cafe and a safari tent in, in Africa. Right? And how can a guy be both? Today they're supposed to be one or the other. We're supposed to kill that one half, that courageous half, and just be this urban sophisticate. Well, you can be that urban sophisticate. That's great. I, I love the Paris cafes too. But if that's all you are, then you haven't learned again back to reality. You haven't learned those real experiences. You haven't grown into that courageous gentleman you really want to be. So it's it's both.
0: Agreed. Agreed. I mean, just because you 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 know you you like finer things in life, and you can go out there, and like you said sit in a beautiful restaurant in Paris, or you can be in either the mountains of, you know, in the Amazons or in the, mount, uh, the mountains, or you can be, you know, in the mud fighting or, you know, running with the bulls, absolutely. I mean, you gotta be able to have both sides, both sides of this world. And I think that is a key element that really bonds a true male, a true alpha male. So you mentioned that you did have um, some mentors. But who was your mentor growing up?
1: You know, my key mentor when I was in high school, when I needed a mentor, was, again, Floyd Patterson, who, who was there. Um, I was in the gym every day. Um, you could always talk to him and the other fighters in the gym, but especially Floyd. Uh, a huge heart, caring man, um, adopted a lot of children and helped them. Uh, he, I never saw him do a dishonorable thing or say something bad about somebody. If somebody proved to him they weren't trustworthy or not a good person, he just moved away from them. You know, he he didn't attack them. Uh, he just was that upstanding kind of guy. Um, with, he was humble. I mean, it, after what he achieved, you know, it, you know, heavyweight champion several times. I mean, what incredible! Um, but he was humble. He wouldn't tell you about that stuff. Um, he would just help you grow up. So he, he was key for me uh, when I in my very formative years in high school. He did. he, 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 he told me to go out there. Um, and I asked him at one point, should I become a, a professional boxer? What do you think? You know, I was kind of full of myself. I'm 15 years old and I'm really learning this stuff. And he said, you know, only great fighters should become professional boxers. Boxers, you know, boxing destroys a lot of good fighters. It's a very kind way of telling me, you know, <laughs> says, but challenge, you know, look for role models and challenge yourself for who they are and follow that that hero.
0: Now, you studied um, Bushido and you studied, you know, the code of conduct and um, certain warrior codes from, from different cultures. What is your definition of a modern-day warrior?
1: Oh, wow. Um, I, I think you have to uh, do a point-by-point code. Um, it, you, it, there's no—I don't think there's there's one sentence. Um, I mean, I, I could say somebody's honorably stands up for the week, you know, that kind of thing. And that's true, but that isn't the whole definition. I, I think it's a longer and deeper philosophical definition, which is why I think you do need a 10-point or so code, which is why the Code of Bushido— what, what there, I think there are seven precepts to it. Um, there's reasons that that's there. And I, and I have been to Japan and, and got to experience uh, some of that. I, I even got to do a little Japanese sword fighting in, a, in a, Iado um, uh, as opposed to um, – it, it, it's actually it's interesting. That it's a type of sword fighting where you're not supposed to fight. It's about bearing and about becoming who you want. You're still going through that, those same process, but you're, it's about learning not to fight um, just to show you what, where you are. Um, I only got a taste of it. But you know it's there. It's still a part of the Japanese culture um, that is fundamental to them.
0: Sure. I mean, it's about cleansing the mind, cleansing the spirit uh, through the unsheathing of the sword. But the idea behind the iido is try to keep your sword sheathed at all times until you, at the very last second, have to use it and cut down the foe. It is a uh, it's a very deep art, very self-reflective art. From here, let's talk. uh, Let me shift the uh, conversation over to a little bit about your biggest successes that you've had over your career. Um, I'm assuming writing books have been one of them. What else?
1: Yeah, it's, you know, writing and learning to write a simple sentence that grabs it. It's that's an art form that you never completely master or learn. I don't think anyway, Um, but it's been something I've been chasing my whole life. But Overcoming myself um, and learning that the world isn't all about me, that, that because I'm growing into an ideal, it doesn't mean I'm killing myself. It means I'm raising myself up. You know, G. Gore and Lydia, when I was actually writing the, the Ultimate Man Survival Guide, told me, make sure you get across the point in this book that you should be living for something bigger than yourself. And at that time, I was questioning, well, what does he mean? I'm supposed to kill myself? You know, am I, am I supposed to be self-destructive? Am I no longer, am I no longer existent? I'm just an entire consciousness thing. I, I didn't quite get it until I, I really started to think about it and explore and talk to people. No, you're rising yourself up into an ideal, and by living in that ideal, you're bringing yourself up. You're still yourself, but you're you're living in a bigger, bolder way. You know, and and in nature is how I, I conquer these things and deal with them. I've been charged by elephants. I had my boat in the Amazon attacked by a crocodile. I mean, I I've, I've put myself into into situations because I, I like to challenge myself physically, especially in the outdoor world. So, and overcoming that fear or with the bulls in the streets of Pamplona, overcoming that fear in yourself and keeping yourself manly or in control, despite the the crazy moment, um, you know, that those are, those are big, wonderful things that as you grow through them and you realize you can handle these things, that's when you start to become that confident guy you really want to be.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So We have something with it. We we have little elements that we call warrior hacks, which are little rituals that you do every day or a ritual that you do prior to a stressful incident. My question to you here is, what has been one of the most difficult adventures that you've done? For example, running with the bulls. You said you've gone to the mountains, and how have you prepared yourself mentally for that incident, for that situation?
1: Yeah, it's it's knowledge, because when you have understanding and the skills. You know where you are and what's going to happen. I mean, when I was charged by an elephant, um, several people with me actually ran away. Um, I didn't run, because, and I was standing next to a game ranger who didn't run, but I I didn't run because I knew what the elephant was doing. Um, He purposely, he had his ears out. When When an elephant puts his ears out and charges you, it's a bluff, he's not actually gonna come. If his ears are pinned back, watch out, he's coming to kill you. His ears are out, and he also had an obstacle between us. He actually pushed over a small tree. He was showing how tough he was. I knew what he was doing and why he was doing it, because I had a knowledge base of elephants. So I got it and I and I wasn't panicked and then we yelled at the elephant. He literally literally ran away like a scared dog once we got we <laughs> you know, which is interesting. You wouldn't think done something that big, He could destroy me so easily. But he you know that that's their nature. And I've been around bears a lot gone through these same things. I've been charged by grizzlies and, and black bears. Um, and, and I, but I understand what they're doing and why they're doing it and what situation I'm in. And it's complicated. But once you, you start to understand the, the dynamics of that situation, you lose your fear, um, at least the, the unnecessary parts of fear. You never lose your fear. You lose that part of fear that can control you. Fear shouldn't control you. You should be using that fear. Um, so, it, But it's a knowledge base. It's always when you're going to go into a new situation, whether it's running with the bulls or, or you know, rock climbing or whatever you want to get into, Make sure you learn what you're supposed to learn first. Talk to people. Learn those skills. You need to have an understanding of what they are as you see you walk into them. That'll give you purchase. That when you go into that situation, you won't just be empty. Nothing is, is more fearful, it makes you crazier than suddenly being in a dark room, you don't know where the light switch is. You're just you're lost. That's what that's what drives people crazy. when they understand where to go, what to do, then they can follow that path and they can keep their, their manly bravado.
0: Very good. Very good. So you're talking about knowledge build that knowledge, build that skill set. And at the very least, you won't get lost in the woods when something unusual happens. You'll be prepared mentally and you'll kind of at least have an idea of what uh, to expect. All right, we have a couple minutes left and this is what I'll ask all of my guests. What advice would you give to our listeners that want to live a warrior life?
1: Go out and challenge yourself and find people of that like mind who want to do with a particular interest it is that will push you into that in that direction. Go out and find people, not just mentors, but you know friends, amigos. In that process, that's what that's what you'll find. You'll end up bonding with them and joining a fraternity of men as you do it. And men and women. I'm just to just just men. I, I you know I, I don't I think women women can and should do a lot of these same things. So you'll find these two things come together. Um, so go out and find something to challenge yourself with. And it could be your karate dojo or it could be something else. You have, you have to find your own thing. You know, No one can tell you what that is. You have to go in the search for it, perhaps. But go and find that group of people and join them and understand them and grow into that.
0: Very good. Very good. Frank, tell us where we can uh, where our listeners could get your books.
1: Uh, my books are available at Barnes & Noble at Amazon.com. My latest book is actually Kill Big Brother. It's a novel um, that, that shows us how to keep our freedom in this digital world, where I got to spend a lot of time on the dark web with a lot of very interesting people to do the research on that. So I, I'm constantly asking these questions. You know, where is our freedom and where are we in, in this world? So this, in this latest book, Kill Big Brother, is that search.
0: Very good. Very good. What about if uh, someone needs to reach you, uh, what's uh, the best way to reach you?
1: I go to a website, frankminitor.com, uh, and you'll find an email address there. You'll be able to find me.
0: Awesome, Frank. Well, listen, it was a pleasure having you on. We definitely want to have you back because there's a lot of information that uh, you have and we can learn here. So hopefully we'll get you back on soon enough. Okay, brother?
1: Hey, thank you. And Good to talk.
0: All right. Stay safe out there. Gentlemen, thank you for spending time with us. I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast so you can continue receiving your weekly motivation and framework to Living the Warrior Lifestyle. Also, visit us at manofwar.live and subscribe to our newsletter. If you enjoy this podcast and you know other warrior-minded men that would benefit from listening, please share it with them. This is the way we grow our Brotherhood of Select Men. Last but not least, check out the Warrior Development online training program where the Brotherhood of Warrior-Minded Men continues to grow daily at warriorbreed.co. And finally, don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Man of War Movement look forward to having each and every one of you back on our next podcast. Until next time, remember, your journey may be challenging and full of dangers, but never retreat. Your next battle may be your greatest victory. Stay safe, brothers.